0: Funding for the Hinckley Report is made possible in part by the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation and the Cleone Peterson Eccles Endowment Fund. Thank you for listening to the Hinckley Report as a podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe at your go-to podcast platform. Good evening, and welcome to the Hinckley Report. I'm Jason Perry, director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics. Covering the week, we have Doug Wright with KSL Radio and Television and host of Sunday Edition. Lindsay Whitehurst, reporter with the Associated Press, and Rod Arquette, host of The Rod Arquette Show. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, let's start with a historical vote. Doug, let's start with you, if you, if you don't mind. Uh, we have, for the first time in history, a United States Senator, our own Senator Mitt Romney, has voted to convict uh, a president of his own party. Give us a sense of the historical magnitude of this vote. Well, it's huge,
1: it, it truly hu- is huge. I mean, think, first of all, we've only had three impeachment processes. If you count Nixon, that would be the fourth. We've never had Uh, somebody convicted, but as we've gone through everything from Andrew Johnson to, of course, Bill Clinton Mm -hmm. in 1999, and now we have uh, President Donald J. Trump, and in all of that time, through all of those really contentious debates, not once has someone of the president's party at the time voted against him. Mm -hmm and Mitt Romney did on one of the articles, it, it's
0: profound. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. Uh, L- Lindsey, I know you talked to lots of people. Were, were Utahns in particular, were they surprised about this vote? Particularly considering there's so many who are watching the entire proceedings and they knew his vote was maybe not certain.
2: Yeah, there was some surprise on. No matter how people felt about it, I think a, a decent number of them were taken by surprise. Not everyone, but um, but yet to have. I think not not even the vote itself, but that speech he gave on on the Senate floor. That was it was um, it was very stark. It was emotional. It was unequivocal, and I think uh, people really responded to it on on both sides for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I think we better talk about that speech for a minute. And Rod, I want to get your take on this also. Yeah. Let's read it. It's because uh, I think everyone should hear the flavor for this because there are several key elements of this we all should know. This is on the Senate floor. He said, this is Mitt Romney, I am aware that there are people in my party and in my state who will strenuously disapprove of my decision. And in some quarters, I will be vehemently denounced. I am sure to hear abuse from the president and his supporters. Does anyone seriously believe I would consent to these consequences other than from an inescapable conviction that my oath before God demanded it of me? Wow, Rod. Powerful statement from, uh, from the sender,
3: and he admits he's gonna get attacked, and he is. I mean, from every corner out there, from what I've heard, from the listeners to my radio show, they are very, very upset. I mean, you've got efforts now in the state to censure him, you've got efforts to recall him, probably won't go anywhere, but there are quite a few people, I think, who are upset, and the question that it comes to mind that I had, and you may agree or disagree with me, if he were up for election this year, would he have done this? He's got four and a half years now. He's got a cushion here. Would he have done this if he's up for reelection this year? Okay, Doug, you... Oh, to appear ahead.
2: to be an easy vote for him. No,
3: it wasn't. It was very I mean, hard. He, he, he said it was the hardest yeah, decision he, yeah, he's ever
0: made. Yeah. So you interviewed him just, the, just this morning, right? Uh, so would he? I mean, do you get a sense for that, that he no. does not care about those consequences? This vote was regardless of what would happen.
1: I think, you know, I appreciate what Rod's saying because, boy, you know, election year versus, you know, three and a half years down the road is, is a big deal, and senators, of course, being in six years. But I honestly believe that Mitt Romney, would have made the same decision. I, I really do. Uh, I, I don't profess to you know, hang out with him or anything, but I've seen uh, Mitt Romney in many different capacities, many different ways, under many different stressful situations. I've seen him on the campaign trail, covered him uh, back in 2012 I've seen him during the Olympics I've seen him as governor of uh, of Massachusetts and of course now as senator in the great state of Utah and he has always been the person that can make those tough decisions and do it with grace and also with consequence. You know, I, and Rod's right here in the state of Utah. You know, I wonder, I maybe the question that I was would ask is do you believe that if he was up for election this year he could be re-elected? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I think it would be tough, uh, fortunately for many politicians, unfortunately I think for the nation, voters have relatively short uh, memories, unfortunately. Uh, the president doesn't, but,
3: <laughs> but the well, voters do. Yeah, and I, I, a lot of people are saying, you you know, they—they, they, where is that fight from Mitt Romney against the Democrats, mm-hmm. against Barack Obama? He seems to fight against Donald Trump, and that leads a lot of people to believe that he—they just don't like each other. That's pretty obvious at times. But a lot of people are saying we need that fight from Mitt Romney on other issues as well, on the Mueller report, on on all these issues that they ne- on Schiff. You know, where mm-hmm. was that fight in the House? They didn't hear that from Mitt Romney. But they heard it the other day and that's where that's where it disappoints them a lot, I think.
2: I do think it'd be tough to find somebody of Romney's stature. I mean there are, there are plenty of, of great politicians here and I'm I'm if he were up for election tomorrow, there could very well be any number of them who would step up. But uh, he still has I think a, a stature yeah. in, in Utah that's that's kind of unmatched. Yeah. Um so, so that would be a factor if if, if that were an yeah. election question now. I,
1: I think it's important to note too, because you know, we put out a lot of phone calls to, you know, our representatives. Now In in the House, they were willing to talk, everybody, all four. But in the Senate, whether we were putting out a phone call to Mitt Romney or to Mike Lee, who have radically different takes on this, both of them said, there is a time when we're going to have to judge. There will be a time we really believe the House will vote. It will come to our doorstep. I prefer right now not to comment. So we got no comment not only from Mitt, we got no comment Uh from
3: uh, Mike Lee and others that we reached out to in the rest of the country. After the vote though, we did get comment because I I asked Chris Stewart. Chris said he was surprised and he was saddened in a way that it got here. Mike Lee, which really surprised me because generally they kind of speak nicely of each other. (laughs) But I asked Mike and Mike said, I was stunned and shocked that he would do this. That's rare. Very, very rare. You know what else
1: was interesting with, with Mike Lee, because many Republican, very prominent, very powerful Republican senators were saying in their comments or uh, on the floor or yeah. elsewhere, they were saying, look, we believe the president was really on the edge here. We believe this was, mm-hmm. I'll use my term, sketchy. We believe that things were done that were improper, if not wrong, mm-hmm. but we don't believe it's impeachable. Mike Lee flat came out and said, not only was it not uh,
0: impeachable, he did nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. He, he did say that. So, uh, let's, let's get to co- a couple of these consequences because Mitt Romney, Lindsay, has it, been around the state. He's trying to explain, yeah. right? He's going on the, on, the, on the kind of the road right now trying to explain his vote. How is that being received from the interviews that you're doing with people? Are, are they willing to say he, he, he was his conscience? He voted his conscience. So even though if I, I may have not liked that one, you got to give a person his or her conscience.
2: Yeah, and he, he came back Wednesday night, so he came back pretty quickly, and and met this morning with um, with both sets of leadership on the House and the Senate, and um, definitely there were some people who were very frustrated and let him know about it, or told it was a very frank conversation, there was a back and forth, and there was there was tension in that room, mm-hmm. but I would say even from uh, the people who are coming out and being the most critical, like uh, Phil Lyman, who's, who's sponsoring this resolution to censure him, even he said, hey, it counts for a lot that he came back, and yeah. he spoke to us in person, and, and he, he made Made his case for for why he did what he did, so I, I do think it counted for a lot that that he flew back and, and came and 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 yeah. stayed uh, stand by yeah. his decision yeah. uh, there. So so you are hearing that from people, even those who remain frustrated with how he did decide.
3: I thought it was interesting too, the first broadcast news broadcast interview he did was with Fox News and Chris Wallace. And
0: that was that was an interesting approach on that. I found that very interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting as you kind of articulate all of these, you know, the, the comments that came forward that uh, that he had big interviews, but immediately, like CPAC mm-hmm. says, you're not invited anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> so when you start seeing things like that, you can say they disapprove, but does this just proves that his opinion still matters, even if people disagree? What do you, you think, know, Doug?
1: What, what I've noticed sometimes, and and even the governor, as conservative as Gary Herbert is, he's commenting about this with the extreme conservative right, that boy, if you're not lockstep, there is no forgiveness. Uh, you can agree with, you know, Ronald Reagan used to say, boy, somebody who agrees with me 80% of the time is my friend, but boy, not with the ultra conservative right. You're one step out of line on one mm-hmm. issue and you are banished, your name is struck, you know, from the mm-hmm. pillars, you know, the monoliths are scrubbed clean <laughs> and, and you're done. I, I'm gonna say something here, I think Mitt Romney will be held very well by history. I think if Jack Kennedy were writing Profiles in Courage today, Mitt Romney would be included. Because remember the judgment in Profiles in Courage, eight senators from John Quincy Adams Mm -hmm. all the way up to to Robert Taft, right up to Kennedy's time. He wasn't saying they were right or wrong, he talked about what courage it Mm -hmm. took to do that, eight senators. In many cases, they gave up prestige, they gave up their Senate seat, they gave up a, the support mm-hmm. from back home, but they stepped up and they had, again, the best term is a profile and courage. I think we saw that, whether you agree with him or not.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, well, and, and, and I think picking up on that, and um, there were several commentators yesterday after the vote, basically who were saying Mitt Romney is dead in Washington you know he's not going to get anything done for a little while they he he is going to feel the wrath of the republican so party for a true. little while I, I you know i don't know the workings short-term of washington right. i think short term yeah. mm-hmm. uh if he gets yep. invited to a birthday party for a five-year-old that will be surprising <laughs> I, 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 really with with I mean it's going to be difficult for a little while and i but yeah. he he admitted in the comments you made in the speech he expects it he yeah. said i have broad shoulders i lost the presidential election I can deal with when this. When I
1: interviewed him, I said, you do know you've been crossed off the, the uh, White House's Christmas card list. Was <laughs> well, he, he on it to begin with? No, he actually said for the last several years, he is not. Yeah, he is not. <laughs> Already uninvited. <laughs> yeah. go, go ahead, Lizzie.
2: Well, and I, I think that even even before this, like the the Republican Party in Washington has been much more of the party of Trump. It's not the party of Romney even before this yeah. at the moment. And and he said that, you know. And and so so did it push him even further to the outskirts? Sure. Yeah, but he is he remains a singular a singular voice, a singular person in politics now. Yeah. You know, it was just in 2012 when he he was the 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 party's nominee yeah, for president. Was the he was, the, yeah, right. he was the standard bearer, and so to have somebody come mm-hmm. come back around and have such a different position, people are going to listen to that voice, and he is going to get attention, even if he doesn't necessarily have lots of pull <laughs> in the, the halls yeah. of power.
0: It's true. Well, what do you make of the fact that President, uh, even in the prayer breakfast, mm-hmm. decided to go straight after him, and some of the points that he made inside his speech?
2: I, I will say I'm not sure it's the meanest thing he said about me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was a prayer breakfast, so.
2: <laughs> right? And he, he he picked up on that. Of course, uh, Romney talked a lot about his faith in that speech, and that his faith motivated him to take the step that he did. And and Trump went right for that, and 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 said that, yeah. that he he just doesn't yeah. he he didn't think that that uh, you, gave, you got the impression that Trump was saying he was disingenuous almost, and yeah. um and and so so that that's been an interesting aspect of all of this, you know, um, that that how how much Romney seems to have been pulled by his faith and how even on that point, uh, Trump is willing to, to just give mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it, it, disagree. Yeah, and totally it was right. funny
3: during that because Arthur Brooks from AEI was the main speaker at the National Prayer Breakfast and asked the question, can you love your enemy? Would you raise your hand? Trump didn't raise his hand. Mm. Very interesting. Doug, you it's, had a comment. It's difficult. Well, you know,
1: as, as I look at the way President Trump has handled this, if there has been anything that troubles me in politics, and I've seen it even here locally, you win a victory or perceive you've won a victory, you celebrate, you have a party, you help, you get the people that brought you home, um, wh- whatever the circumstances are, You celebrate. What I can't tolerate, and I'm surprised the American people, and I'm surprised sometimes the people in the state of Utah have this high a tolerance for it. Celebrate all you want, but don't dance on the other guy's grave. And there is a grace and there's a dignity that is so missing from our political process today. And I've seen it here locally. I saw it with Bob Bennett. When Bob Bennett lost, celebrate all you want. That was a big takedown. It was a big takedown. But to go dance on his grave, and as he exited the convention, to jeer and ridicule and so on. And sadly, and I'll get hate mail on this, and that's fine, I'll give you the email. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, for the president to dance on graves today, and be so incredibly disrespectful, troubled me deeply. I really try to support President Trump where I can.
3: But he makes it awfully
1: difficult some yeah, days.
3: Y- you know what, Doug? He is who he is. I know he he's is always who he is. been like that. And I think the American public, I think voters out there realize that's who he is. We aren't going to change him. I mean, I thought he was a little subdued at the celebration at the White House. Not so much at the National Prayer Breakfast, but he did back down quite a bit at the uh, at the White House celebration today. You know, he got a little dig in with Mitt when he recognized Mike Lee and thanked Mike Lee. But that's who Donald Trump is. And I think the American public has, with Doug, have had a tough time dealing with that. Some people love it. Some people yeah. find it. It extremely entertaining. Oh, his, his Many court of supporters, his court supporters yeah, are saying it's it. about time someone says what we've been believing or thinking
0: for a and long, long time. And it gets people talking. And it gets people talking. Okay, let's let's transition to what's happened with our legislative session. We're just ending the second week, and there's a lot of love they're giving to us in this short amount of time. Let's get through a couple bills, some that are really dominating the headlines, and a couple that you all are following in your respective. Jobs as well, uh, Rod. Let's talk about one that is just really hot this week. Uh, it has to do with privacy of information, particularly yeah. when it comes to information like with our driver's license, for yeah. example. When we're getting our driver's license, we are, you know, some of that information is could be used for like genetic research, for example, Hun- uh, Huntsman Cancer, for example, uses some of that. Big Bill being discussed this week. Talk about those issues for just a moment, and what's
3: at stake? Well, I think it is a privacy issue, like you, like you were saying, uh, Jason, and what people are, you know. It, I don't know if people were aware their information is being shared over the years. Now I understand the argument from like the university here that, you know, they need this information, it's important. But there are others saying, well, shouldn't we be given the option to opt out of it or opt in if we want to share that information? So there is really a tussle. It goes you know, all of our information, the moment we wake up and turn on our cell phones anymore, our information yeah. is being shared. And that's when where people are saying do you have to do this? On the other side, they use this information for cancer research and for other research. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how this all shakes
0: out. So, Lindsey, how do they find this balance that you're hearing, because people, everyone's talking about privacy, everyone wants their privacy, but, you know, talk about the scale a little bit, because on one side is what Rod was just saying, is huge advances in medicine, genetic research, by location, by individual. How does that, how are people balancing those two things? Because there's privacy on one side, that aspect on the other.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a tough question, and I think one that we'll be talking about more and more into the future, right? Because there is so much about genetics that mm. that you're able to tell about people, right? That and it's not even fully understood everything that you're able to tell about people through that through that science. And and there's another bill actually that has to do with uh, with DNA and uh, using it to solve crimes. Yeah. And how much of that privacy are we willing to give up when it comes to crime solving? You know, and and both of those things, uh, you know. The, Healthcare and 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 crime solving—such huge things in our lives. But but how much do we want to give up? Where do we draw that line? And that's that's what I think more and more that's going to be an emerging conversation in the future.
1: ahead, oh, Doug. I agree with you right on it. this. I I like opt in rather yeah. than opt out. And although I have you know when it comes to being registered as a voter on your driver's license and so on, I I'm I'm okay with that. But on these issues where so much of your privacy does become jeopardized or at risk uh, depending on what your take is of risk. I like to have the choice. I, I like to have the choice of opting in. And there are so many wonderful things that are happening because we are willing to share. We, with the Huntsman Cancer Institute, our whole family yeah. has been involved You know, because they've found something in our DNA that maybe could, could change things. <laughs> I know everybody has questioned my DNA from day one, <laughs> but so I'm, I'm for the concept but I want to be able to opt in.
0: Uh-huh. Do, how would that impact, you think, Utahns? Would they be most likely, just considering the kind of culture we have here, say if there's a box that says yes, will they say yes, or will, or will they say no? That's,
3: that's one of the problems. That's one of the issues, yeah. I, I'm not sure which way they would go, to be honest, I mean, there are some who are saying no, Uh, You know, this is me. But Uh there are some people who understand how it's being used. They would probably go along with it. But I think there need need to be some assurances Mm -hmm. clearly defined, clearly outlined as to how this information is Uh going to be used. It won't be shared with anybody else. That's the key. And how's it stored. And how's it stored.
2: Right, no. I think that's because the population database is a totally unique thing that Utah has like this incredible resource and but I think if people have a strong sort of uh, privacy uh, streak in Utah there's there's a number of things that that Utah's <laughs> done that, to, to kind of make sure that things don't go too far um, and and so yeah I think there there would be some people yeah. Who are like yeah, if, if this can be associated with me no but if it's something that that you can use this on an anonymous scale and be able mm-hmm. to run these experiments without without somebody being able to like connect with my name, Eh, maybe that's okay.
3: (laughs) I laugh because we talk about privacy and we've got this huge building down in Draper. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when it comes yeah. to these, <laughs> you're you probably turned the, off that road, <laughs> no. by the way. No. All of a sudden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about NSA. Yeah, that is for sure.
0: OK, let's talk about a couple other bills. Interesting. Uh, Doug, we've talked in the past about, about this before. Another bill on straight ticket voting. Yeah. I know this is something you talked a lot about. Oh, th- this has been something that has troubled me for a long, long time. First of all,
1: for anybody who has been engaged in politics, for anybody who has ever run for office or even thought of running for office, it is such an undertaking and it troubles me so deeply that we can walk in and just punch a little button or hit a button or whatever it happens to be at the time the technology and just go i just voted for everybody Uh and the fatal flaw with that is first of all you've disrespected all of the uh, look at their names do you know what these folks are going through give the this is the laziest most disrespectful way to vote is the punch at the top. And then many people walk out, they go, I've done my duty, I'm a good citizen, but hey, you didn't vote for the nonpartisan mayoral Mm -hmm. race, you didn't vote for the proposition, you didn't vote for the judges, (laughs) you didn't vote for the school bond, you didn't vote for a lot of things, the school board, whatever it might be. And so I have been railing on that for years. It's being actually discussed this year on Capitol Hill. It has some bipartisan support. I would love to have straight-ticket yeah. voting go uh-huh. away.
0: So this is a Democrat and a Republican sponsoring this. Yeah. Patricia yeah. and Kurt yeah. Bramble, right? Yeah, that's I think right. it's a
3: good point that Doug makes. I mean, the, the other point that I wanted to make in relationship to this whole voting issue is, and this was written about, I think, this week in the New York Times, the mess in Iowa. And yeah. all the problems that they had in Iowa, I'm willing to go back to stone tablets and chisels to vote <laughs> because technology scares the daylight out of, daylights out of me when it comes to voting. And I know we want to. I know we want the results quickly. We want. We want to hear. But the old just check off the box. I'm still in favor of that. I know that's very old school. <laughs> that is old school. But this this, yeah. t- this technology. It's frightening, and I think we had an example of it in Iowa
0: this week. That is for sure. Uh, Lindsay, what else are you watching on the Hill? It's starting to capture some, some great attention.
2: Oh, there's some there's some already some interesting stuff. Um, of course, there's a proposal to put warning labels on pornography. Mm-hmm. That's certainly started some discussion and uh, and even some, some pushback from, uh, I think, the one of the, the porn sites put up a <laughs> Utah trolling. warning or something, or <laughs> no, some I trolling, trolling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so, and of course, that's been an issue that's concerned people before, and, and as a parent, the, the why availability of it you can you can see why it could be scary at the same time I do you balance that with, with freedom of speech and and people um, being adults and, and and able to kind of make their own decisions. So, if that bill is one that, that we end up hearing about in committee or anything, it's going to be a, an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. Always want the, an issue that gets attention, Yeah, it does. Sure. Yeah. It yeah. tends to get national <laughs> attention as well. <laughs> right?
0: Rod, Rod, what are you hearing about the budget, particularly as it comes to the tax reform? Because we're still wondering, is something going to happen, or is it not?
3: You know, that's a good question, Jason. I don't know at this point. I know Brad Wilson, Speaker of the House, told lawmakers at the beginning of the Session. Let's take a breather. Let's back off after repeal of tax reform. Let's see what the uh, the revenue picture looks like this month, and they'll get the numbers here in the coming days. Then we can talk about what we do and where we go from here on tax reform. If they tackle anything, they may not do it. I remember Stuart Adams said, "Maybe we should let a new governor and a new legislature take on this task mm-hmm. in 2021." So it'll be interesting to see. They may try and maybe a little thing here, a little issue here, but
0: uh, the whole. Banana, They they aren't going anywhere near it. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the big speech from the president, Doug. Uh, The State of the Union was this week. Any takeaways from that?
1: Uh, It was entertaining. (laughs) There were parts that honestly brought me to tears. Uh, when, When the Tuskegee Airmen that had just been advanced to Brigadier General, and the way the setup on that was brilliant. This shows the president and what he demanded, the showmanship that is there. And when his his 13-year-old great-grandson stood up, and I thought, well, this is cool, and Space Force, and this is great. And then when that elderly gentleman, 100 years old, stood up, I just, both sides, you know, Speaker Pelosi, everybody. Uh, And and there were several other very, very touching moments. There are many, many great things to tout. Mitt Romney mentioned that to me. So many of the things that have happened during the Trump administration have been good. And a lot of things I support, Mitt Romney supports, It was so much more of a pep rally uh, than Mm -hmm. I'm used to. And again, Rod, Rod hit it. This is the guy that the American people elected. Ronald Reagan was brilliant back in the 1980s, and he introduced this concept of having Several people yeah. up there, which I thought was brilliant, but he used it judiciously. I hate to see it go to game show. I hate to see it, you know, kind of Oprah Winfrey-ish, where hey, we're going to give you a scholarship, and hey, we're going to do yeah. this. There were so many touching moments, so many good things that happened. There were some bad things too, including the little snub, and I do believe it was a snub. And for
3: Speaker Pelosi to rip up the script, yeah. I thought, are you kidding me,
0: Ron? But. What did you think about that? Because you talk about the show that and we're kind ripping of the, up the speech. Well, I, I don't know. They,
3: I will disagree with Doug on this, but I. I I don't
0: know if it was much
3: of a snub or else, you know, because she took the speech with two hands and then extended but he was turning at the time. do they obviously don't like each other they haven't spoken to each other but since when you say I, I i thought it was disrespectful when she tore up the speech i, I thought i thought that was very disrespectful as far as the speech is concerned i thought he first of all i don't think he is a great speaker i, I you know whoever wrote that speech did a magnificent job with the speech and I, I i'm with doug i think there were some very emotional moments there i thought the best part of the speech was at the end of it. When he described America and the heroes in America, to me, it sounded very Reagan-esque. This great? was his,
0: the morning, the morning in America This is our uh, canvas, yeah. and our we were creating right? a masterpiece. Was just, yeah. That, that
3: yeah. was very well done. Was.
0: Um, well, uh, Lindsay uh, so our own Ben McAdams, Congressman Ben McAdams, actually commented about some of this speech and about Nancy Pelosi, which is interesting, maybe tell us what happened there. He,
2: he did not like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, that's true. He was, he's not a big fan
2: of the tearing up of the speech, and, and that's been sort of an interesting thing about McAdams, right? He, he he goes for that middle of the aisle. He, he he does critique his own party, not unlike another uh, Utah politician I know. <laughs> and and that that is something I think his his constituency kind of looks for and, and likes, you know, and appreciates when he's able to do that. I believe the the guest he brought was um, the mayor of Draper, I think, who who is who's not a fellow Democrat. So yeah, yeah. so uh, so that's uh, he, he goes for that bipartisanship, especially not least when he's up for re-election in uh-huh. a few months. Well, so, so
0: interesting, uh, Rod. Some people have, have commented commented to me that uh, the Mitt Romney vote that we started talking the show about maybe uh, take some of the heat off of Ben McAdams for the vote that mm, he... Yeah. he <laughs> what, what do, what do, what do you could, think?
3: It could, no, I think, I think it really, really could. Uh, with, uh, you know, Ben McKay, all the attention is now focused on Mitt. That's so right. Ben can kind of just, you know, mm. fly low and stay low for a little while. And he's uh-huh.
2: certainly earning money. He's, 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 his bill, campaign he, he, he's shows. earning it's money. No and I,
3: to be honest, on, on the Republican side yet, I haven't seen a strong candidate emerge on the Republican side in the 4th District. <laughs> is, there are a lot of them out there. Which is I mean, so I can't interesting to all. me. I yeah. mean, look
2: at our governor's race. Yeah. The strong uh, yeah, a field we got here. And, and the 4th District, less yeah. so. Yeah.
0: That's actually the last comment. Such great insight tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode of The Hinkley Report. If you like listening to the experts talking about the issues, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.